Welcome leaders to the eagerly awaited season three of the Leadership on the Rocks podcast. In the midst of the constant demands at work and the responsibilities at home, it's easy to find yourself feeling perpetually stressed out and even guilty, questioning if there's more to life than just this. Well, my friend, the answer is a resounding yes. I'm Bethany Reese, your host and fellow juggler of roles. I'm a wife, mom, educator, entrepreneur, and CEO. In this new season, we're on a mission to guide leaders like you in achieving professional growth without sacrificing the precious harmony of your home and family life. Leadership on the Rocks is more than just a podcast. It's a community. We understand the struggle of feeling constantly busy, exhausted, guilty, stressed, and even anxious. But here's the good news. You don't have to live or work that way. Throughout season three, we're committed to equipping you with the essential leadership skills, empowering you to thrive professionally and personally so that you can make a true positive impact on those that you lead. Whether it's leading your family, a team, or an entire organization, we refuse to settle for a status quo existence in survival mode. So join me as we dive into crucial topics from establishing yourself as a leader rather than a mere manager to overcoming conflicts with coworkers, even building a happy marriage and raising kids and everything in between, because life and leadership aren't lived in isolation. And in this podcast, everything is on the table. Together, we'll share our struggles, lessons learned, and explore essential leadership principles and best practices to be our best selves, both at work and at home. It's time to stop drowning in stress and guilt, and let's move to higher ground by embarking on this journey together. Become the essential leader who builds your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. Welcome to season three. You have so many quips. Sarcasm is your love language. I agree. And I've learned to speak it now. I'm no longer offended. But you would say, you know, forget being on the same page. What would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) as a parent, right, be on the same page. Forget yeah. that. Can we just get in the same book? That would be great. I'm just happy to be in the same book with you. Um, just big picture, big concept. You use big rocks, right? So yeah. getting those big rocks, those principles, let's get that right. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll eventually get on the same page. Yes. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with the one, the only, my amazing husband, Jason Reese, about being intentional in leadership within our marriages. Jason Reese is the Director of Procurement at Intergy, a Fortune 500 company that delivers electricity to millions of customers across the U.S. He leads a team that develops and delivers commercial strategies that enable the business to transform the way it powers life today and for future generations. With over 20 years of experience in the energy sector, Jason has a proven track record of managing complex and high-value procurement contracts, optimizing supply chain performance, and driving innovation and sustainability initiatives. He is passionate about creating value for the company, its stakeholders, and the communities it serves. But more importantly, though, and this is really important, Jason has been a superb husband to me for 23 and a half years, an amazing father to our son and daughter, He also just so happens to be the official favorite son-in-law as declared by my mother with an official t-shirt that he was given at Christmas. (laughs) 
<laughs> so welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Jason. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. Uh, and what an introduction. Can I steal that and take it to work with me and use it? That's, I don't think I've ever been introduced like that. So excited to be here. Um, talk about marriage, family, wherever else the conversation leads. I I have been excited for this. I wanted to interview you like all year long. And we were wondering about the tech. For those of you watching it on YouTube, like, do we go to separate rooms? So we have, you know, two videos that look out on us, but we're like, no, we got to be in the same room side by side. So we are sitting together in the same room in my office, <laughs> very close using the same microphone. Um, but I really am excited about this because there's so much leadership that we've got to talk about in marriage and in family. And today's episode is really just part one of marriage. And I'm like, who better to talk about it than us as a couple? Now, let me throw this out there and you'll agree. We're not the perfect couple. <laughs> by Not even close. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. So we just want to talk about how we've utilized leadership principles that we've learned as individuals, as leaders in our professional lives, in our marriage. So I want us to take a trip back and I want Jason to introduce the story of us. Go for it. The story of us. So I, I think we started when we were four years old, maybe something like that. I I don't no, know. No, that, Small town USA. Um, but we've been around. We've known each other since we were younger. I'll put it that way. Yes. Uh, but um, my mom like was y'all's softball coach, I think at one mm -hmm. time. So you played softball with my sisters. Absolutely. I actually worked for your family for several years in the pizza business, right? So mm -hmm. learned how to make, make pizzas, deliver pizzas. Um, and how to date the boss's daughter. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a great perk. What a great perk, right? Um, but I, it's almost like a, it just kind of fell together, right? Um, mm -hmm. Of us coming together. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you call it, Rearranged marriage, maybe I, I'm not sure, but thanks, mom and dad, and and, <laughs> and my in-laws. Um, it, it worked out, right? So we've been together since high school, um, mm -hmm. and for quite some time. Now. Yeah, we've been yeah. together, I guess, 27 years now. Been married 23 and a half, but uh, yeah, I would agree with all of that. Um, and I would love to say that in high school, I just didn't annoy you. I guess I was kind of an athlete. And I wasn't your typical annoying little teenager. So you never found a reason to get rid of me. But I was also very intentional in that. <laughs> You'll hear the word intentional come up again throughout this podcast. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So it, looking at our relationship, just marriage in general, you know, going into marriage, I was 19 when we got married. I was almost 20, though. I was just a few weeks shy of being, being 20. You were 21. So to say that we were young and had no idea how the world worked or how marriage worked is, is such a true statement. So I want to start with what were the expectations that you had for just married life and adulting versus what I had? So do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Because it's totally opposite of what we thought, right? Um, together. But for me, I honestly didn't know that there was going to be change. Like, I just thought we were getting married and just, you know, we'd been hanging out, having fun. And it's like, okay, well, next natural step, let's get married. And mm -hmm. to me, I was like, all right, that's great. Let's let's do it and continue with life. Um, I, I guess that's where I, my head was. I don't, pretty sure that's not what you were thinking. Uh, no, I was like, once you put a ring on it, you know, what single Beyonce, once you put a ring on it, like I was expecting, I want the house, I want the picket fence, I want the babies, I want to stay home. I wanted... Like everything that I've ever seen in the movies. Eight kids. Eight <laughs> kids, right? Something like that. I think was the number. Maybe not eight, but I did want a lot of babies. Um, you know, so we definitely had different expectations, y'all. It's very clear. He expected just to keep hanging out, having fun, having a good time. And I was uh, 
in college to be a teacher. So I was like, we're in the jean. Don't make fun of me. No, actually, it's okay if you make fun of me. We're in the little jean jumper that teachers used to wear in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I had one of those and I was just wanting to play house. So that was my expectation. Yeah. So we had a huge clash right at the beginning. Well, maybe not the first year. The first year was still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. 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 It, it was. It was a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And I guess looking back to the, you know, the TV dads and, and you know, TV families that you grew up watching. Mm -hmm. I, you know, also, I had the back of my married with children. So the Al Bundy life, right. was kind of where my head was. Um, probably not right. Probably not a, a good model uh, for a relationship, but love and marriage. Yeah. It all goes together. The only reason I know that song is from that show, right? Love and marriage. That's so funny. Yeah. So it's really two people coming together, trying to figure out life and a leadership, you have a lot of conflict, right? So that's one thing that we definitely learned together first is how to get through conflict of, man, we have varying expectations. And that was really hard. And a lot of it is internal. You know, you think it's external. I could sit here and point the finger and like, you're the reason for all the problems in our marriage. And, you know, whenever you go through that season of like buyers or more, so oh, crap, who did I marry? But that's the internal side of figuring out, man, am I being selfish? And I, I think one of the first lessons I learned is, you know, selfishness in marriage just doesn't work. Would you agree with that? Yes, totally. You cannot have two people in a marriage that are selfish. It only works for one of us. Now, I don't, you can figure out who that should be, but does it work if both of us are selfish? Y'all, his wit has always, he's always kept me laughing from day one. So he says that, but it's not true. He is like one of the most selfless people I know. He serves me so well. So I had to do a lot of internal work of, just making sure that I wasn't only focused on my needs and what I wanted in the marriage and what he wanted and coming together on that. So really, you know, as the Bible says, it, it's two becoming one. And that took time, I would say. Um, you agree? Still working on it, right? Yeah. Kind of yeah. forging our individual personalities together Absolutely. to become a couple, right? And then lead our family in the right way. It takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, yeah there's a long, a lot of long, hard conversations. Fun ones sometimes, but long, hard ones. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and it really is, you're, you're taking two different value systems, right? You you've kind of mirror your parents in the way that you were raised. I mirror my parents in the way that I was raised. And then we're clashing. So again, whenever you're newlyweds, you do have that fun year. But really, and the Bible even talks about this in Ecclesiastes, you know, time for seasons, everything under the sun. And I think there's definitely seasons in our marriage, and for those of you listening, I mean, see if you kind of had some of these seasons too, but if I had to break it down, I would say newlywed is just fun, right? You're going out, you're like, oh, can you believe we're married? Look, we have our own Christmas tree, you know? I remember trying to cook dinner for the first time and, you know, burned it. It was terrible. And then I just went to Hamburger Helper for years, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, years two and three, you kind of had that, I had that, oh crap, buyer's remorse of, yes. you know, <laughs> Maybe. Definitely more you than me with the remorse part. So <laughs> well, I, I was still in the newlywed phase. I was still having fun. <laughs> and I was ready to uh, be that teacher with the little jean jumper and the picket fence. So I was a little more serious. But um, I would say years four through 10 for us, we were having babies. We have two. We have a son who's in college and we have a daughter in junior high. So we were having babies during those years. And, and please jump in at any point if I get any of these seasons wrong. But years uh, 10 to 15, now we're raising young kids. And as far as marriage is concerned, we were more like business partners. It was like, okay, check your schedule, check my schedule, who's going what, where, when. And it was just a business partner kind of season. 
And then years 15 through 23, kind of where we're at now, you know, we're, we've both been through promotions uh, or growing of our professional lives, um, promotions at work and things like that, growing our careers. But now we're parenting teenagers, older kids. So it's different. Um, and I think something that I've learned is one, try to identify the season that I'm in, that we're in. Mm. And try to find joy in it. Because no matter what season you're in, it's going to be a little bit chaotic. So did I recap the seasons? Is there anything you want to add there? Yeah, I think that's pretty typical for us. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of them blur together a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. um, some of the phases are easier than others, right? Some of them are really tough. And, and we may go through tough seasons separately, maybe not together, mm -hmm. right? So kind of lifting each other up. But I, I think the big part of that is is finding the joy in the season, because it's really easy to look ahead, right? In anticipation of what's ahead and the next, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, we're planning for retirement, right? 10 years from now, oh, that's going to be so great. But then you got to remember to to live in the moment, enjoy it, yeah. you know, the season you're in, um, even though it's not all fun and games, but. You know what that makes me think of? You remember Adam Sandler's movie, Click, where he just like wants to fast forward through parts of his life and then it always fast forwards to that same part. So he misses out on huge chunks mm -hmm. of his life. I think so often we can do that in our own heads. And you're exactly right, is we have different seasons. I know professionally, you and I have gone through very stressful seasons at different times. And I almost think that sometimes that's a blessing. Um, you know, I know for me, whenever I was, you know, being an administrator through COVID, I mean, that was just the most stress I think I've ever felt in my life. And you stepped up in so many ways to carry the family, carry me through a lot of that time, and then transition to post-COVID. It's now you with all of the, uh, you know, you're in supply chain. Supply chain constraints. Yeah. Tired of reading the news. news articles. Supply, constraint. supply chain constraints everywhere. I'll spit that out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so uh, I think the roles have been somewhat reversed there. So, um, but I'll, I do think it's a blessing in marriage, but you have to recognize the season and don't expect your spouse, if they're going through a hard season, don't expect them to be there like, loving and serving you all the time and being their usual self. I think that was a big aha is because I became someone completely different in times of stress. And you do, I became more hardened and more business focused and not my fun loving self. And uh, you were such a support in that. So I just want to say thank you yeah. publicly. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you helping me out. Too. Yeah. Oh man. So let's, let's now kind of get down to leadership um, and how it applies to marriage. So, you know, we've grown in our leadership separately, but we've also grown in it together. We've both read a lot of books. We've listened to a ton of podcasts. So for 15 years, we lived in Houston, but family is a huge focus for us. So we would drive 10, 12-hour trips to go see our family. So lots and lots and lots of podcasts. Um, but how have you applied leadership, you know, and all the principles that you're learning as they talk about it professionally? How have you applied it in your personal life, like you as an individual? Yeah, so... For me, it is really, it's application. So you can read it in a book and that's great, um, but it's actually boots on the ground. Get out there and put things to practice, right? And and you're not going to be perfect. We all make mistakes, right? Even in, in families, right? And parenting, um, in, in marriages, we, we mm -hmm. make mistakes, but get out there, take those concepts, right? That you've read in a book or listened to a podcast and, and actually go apply them, right? Test them out. See which ones work for you, which ones don't. We're all we have different marriages, right? And so what works for us may not work for some, some, somebody else and, and vice versa. So um, for me, you just, you got to get out there, go try something mm -hmm. and, and model model that behavior, right? I think we both came from families that 
set great examples mm-hmm. of, of what a marriage should look like. So I, I think modeling kind of what we saw happen in the household is, is really beneficial. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think one of my biggest ahas is all of the principle um, principles that we've learned about leadership. You know, principle is a fundamental truth. It tends to apply in every situation everywhere. You know, if you think about it, and, and Dave Ramsey mentions this, but like gravity, gravity is always true. <laughs> you know, if you step off a cliff, you will fall every time. If you throw a pin up in the air, it will fall every single time. It's a universal truth. And there's so many leadership principles that apply. And it doesn't matter if you're talking professionally, if you're talking about your marriage, if you're talking about reason a family or leading a nonprofit or any kind of organization, it's still true. And so one example, and I think this really applies to marriage is, you know, we talked earlier about, especially when you're first newly wed, you have a lot of conflict. Well, conflict is usually born out of a lack of clear communication. Mm-hmm. So, you know, communication is a, is a, principle and leadership that you have to be a good communicator. So let's share with them. And y'all, please learn. Uh, We're being very vulnerable. So please learn from our experiences. But let's talk about communication in our marriage. And I want to say at first, I did not know how to communicate at all. Uh, In our early marriage, I was the whole, I'm going to whimper. And I want him to play the game and ask me what's wrong. And then I'm going to say nothing. And then I want him to ask again, what's wrong? And then I'm going to say yet again, nothing. And then I want him to uh, say, oh, honey, come here. It's okay. And hug me and do all these things. And and I never actually communicated what I was thinking or feeling. And that's one of the first lessons I learned is, Bethany, talk. Tell him what's in, on your mind. He cannot read your mind, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And probably won't try very hard to dig into it, right? It's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. No, everything's great. Oh, fine. And off I go to do yeah. whatever it was on my mind, whatever task that was. <laughs> and I just moved on. Totally. Which ticked me off, by the way. Totally missed the point, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, she is not happy. Regardless of what she said, pay attention. Like uh, signals. Yes. Yeah. I wanted it to play out like all of those romantic comedies that we see, right? Where the guy just pursues and pursues and pursues. And I'm like, you know what? I am creating a lot of work for my man and I shouldn't do that. So I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned in communication, but another one, and I would say, and I think you would agree with this, this really changed our communication in our relationship as a married couple. And that was whenever we learned about the five love languages. So would you like to talk about that? I cannot repeat the five. I, I have no clue what they are, um, but I do know which ones are important to you. So I've learned that from from those books, right? So spending quality time, affection, right, are, are big ones. Um, and you know, I, to whoever wrote the book, right? I know, I know you do a great job of all this stuff, right? Of quoting and citing, and now I'm terrible at it. But whoever that person is, if you could please just add sarcasm as the sixth love language. So <laughs> we practice that a lot in our family, in our household. Um, okay. Maybe not Beth, but but me. I've learned the language. Yeah. Austin, Ashland, we love sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do believe, we vote yes. that, that it is the sixth one. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> all, all joking aside, right, it, you have to understand the love language of your spouse. And, mm-hmm. and we didn't know that in the beginning, right? And yeah. it's just one of those, you know, examples of learning and growing together and then appreciating what that love language is. And mm-hmm. then then you have to be intentional because it's one thing to hear it, but to actually practice it, yeah. it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Like really hard because it's not natural. It didn't come natural to me to do some of these things. But yeah, yeah, I would definitely say, and and 
for those of you, you can probably pick up on this. Jason is very principle-based, high level. What's the concept? Move on. And I like the details. So that book, Five Love Languages, is written by Gary Chapman. And he's written them for uh, marriages, for children, and for the workplace. And the five love languages are, let's see if I can get them all right. It's going to be affirmation, which is words. It's going to be physical touch. It's going to be service, doing things, gifts, and quality time. So those are the love languages. Now, mine... That was close. You were very close, but you know mine, and that's that's good. So mine really started out as affirmation was it. Like, I just want you to tell me nice things, and I want that affirmation and validation from you. And then it would probably be physical touch. Gifts, we both agree gifts is probably our lowest. But yours is service. Like, he is a doer. He's always doing things. And so in the beginning of our marriage, like, he would never really say, oh, you look pretty. And I would kind of get offended, but man, he would wash some dishes. Well, now I've come to learn dishes mean love. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You know, it's not always my task, but you are a great household cleaner. And I appreciate that about you. (laughs) Not your love language, though. So I have to check it adjust as well. Yeah, I get it. So, um, you know, I make his lunch. I serve him coffee because that's how he gives and receives love. And mine with the words, he is now more aware of how to say things verbally. And so it's very, very helpful, though, whenever you learn how to communicate, because we used to joke and you have so many quips. Sarcasm is your love language. I agree. And I've learned to speak it now. I'm no longer offended. But you would say, you know, forget being on the same page. What would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) as a parent, right, be on the same page. Forget that. Can we just get in the same book? That would be great. I'm just happy to be in the same book with you. Um, (laughs) Just big picture, big concept. You you use big rocks, right? So getting those big rocks, those principles, let's get that right. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll eventually get on the same page. Yes, yes, absolutely. So think about what you've learned uh, in this podcast and anywhere else that you've been reading or listening to communication and work to apply those principles in your marriage. And I do want to say, I want to share one more story. You didn't know I was going to say this. So, all right. Early in our marriage, I think this was our first year. We were out with some friends. We were both still in college. And I don't, for some reason I was ticked off at you, like really mad. I don't even remember what I was mad about, which is so like on point for most of the reasons that you're mad. You don't even remember, but I do remember I started bad mouthing you in front of the other couple. And I was just like, ah, Jason is so blah, 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 you know, talking. And then the wife started talking bad about her husband. And she's like, oh, I know my husband, blah, 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 blah. Well, both of our husbands are right there. And we're sitting here bad mouthing them. Well, when we left dinner that night, we got in the car and you looked at me and you said, don't you ever bad mouth me in front of people like that ever again. And I looked at him and now mind you, I was in college and I was taking teacher classes. And that's like rule number one for teachers of discipline with their kids is never discipline in public, right? And- I just felt my heart sank of like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that I did that to you. Like I trans, I I I didn't transfer the knowledge of you don't treat children that way. You don't discipline them in front of the whole class. But yet I was talking bad about my husband in front of other people. So that is a huge lesson that I learned is honor your spouse, honor them, Mm. especially in public. Do not talk bad about them. So even if it is well-deserved, I don't remember the exact story either, but sure it was (laughs) well-warranted. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, but yes, definitely do that in in private and in praise in public is mm-hmm. always a, a great idea. Man, yeah. that's great. So another principle, I think, is just clarity and alignment of values. You know, um, we, we've mentioned Dave Ramsey a lot, and we'll talk about finances in just a little bit. But 
he talks about there's a couple of things that you have to agree on in a marriage. And one is going to be your faith, your values, your money, and your parenting. And so let's talk about values for a little bit. And, you know, for a lot of couples, especially if you come from different cultures, um, different families that have different values, you're going to have a lot of conflict when it comes to that, as well as money and, and parenting. But I think that's one for us that actually kind of clicked. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> that it clicked is we kind of have similar values. We were both raised small town. You know, he told you we've known each other forever and our families were very similar. So do you have anything to say about values? It totally agree. You have to be in alignment on the front end and also take some time early in marriage to, to put that down on paper. Mm. That's something we probably didn't catch on very quickly. It took us a little while to figure out how to write all that down and, you know, create a big picture vision for our family. So I think getting it written down and that mm -hmm. also drives communication as well. Right. Cause then yeah. it's like, okay, well, I thought this was important, but you had it like sixth on the list mm -hmm. or you didn't even write it down. So yeah. what do we do here with that? Yeah. Um, so I, I spend some time early in marriage to, if you're not aligned, like at least you could talk about it then and work through it. Uh, Cause you'll be together for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have plenty of time to work out the minor, minor details. Absolutely. You know, and, and whenever you think about values, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's, you know, what do you honor? What do you believe? What actions or behaviors are you going to have as a result of those beliefs? And then what outcomes will you get as a result of, of that value and that belief and that action? So you got to think about all of those things. Um, you know, another thing I am amazed with, with marriages is, you actually have to spend time together. So let's talk mm -hmm. about being present. This is another huge leadership principle, right? You want to be visible um, with those that you lead. You want to be present. You want to spend time with them. You want to get to know them. In marriages, I think so often we are busy with our careers. We're busy with our kids, man. We'll, we'll talk about this in the next episode, but kids are running our, our schedules. And so whenever you don't spend time with a person, you're not able to connect as much. It, you, you have to spend time with someone to get to know them better and to cultivate a good relationship. So let's talk about that. What are some ways that we find time for each other? Ooh, that's one that I would say, depending on the, on the phase of life, right? So you mm -hmm. talked about that early on, just which phase of life you're in. Sometimes you will have more time. Right. Um, and sometimes you won't. So when you have young kids, it's really hard to carve out that time. Right. You got to think about scheduling babysitters or who can come over. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, and at that time, right. You may not have a lot of money. It's like, okay, well, you got to go out and pay for food and um, wine and dine your, your wife. Right. It gets expensive, but it, you still have to carve time out. You have to be intentional um, about it. Right. Whether it's, Hey, we need a Friday date night or, Hey, you know, we're doing this one right now where we go drop Ashlyn off and at a, an event, right? It's like, okay, well, we have like an hour, hour and a half. We'll hang out together, right? And that's us being intentional. It's a small amount of time, yeah. but every week we carve it out, um, especially helpful now with, with me doing a lot of traveling, right? It's just, you got to find those opportunities. Um learn like golf. Like you started playing golf, right? I like, and y'all, I played softball. So I have the worst swing ever. <laughs> I have a softball swing in golf. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll play golf here. What another month and a half mm -hmm. with a uh, declaration at their charity golf event. And you know, that's something that we're just going to do together, which piece of advice, right? Nugget of wisdom. We learned early on um, through counseling with, with one of our pastors is spending time with each other, not um, with yeah. others of the opposite sex. Right. 
spend time as a couple, be, be engaged, right? It's not for me to go create my own golfing schedule and then, Hey, I'm out every Friday. So, you know, I'm doing this, you figure out what you want to do. Let's let's go do it together. Right. Let's learn this passion together. Um, That happens just to be one. I think that we somewhat, we started pickleball the other day. I don't, I didn't really, I don't even know what that is, but Uh, we played with some friends. Um, Thank y'all very much for introducing us to that interesting sport, but we, we might be able to do that one in the future, maybe. So maybe spending time together. I got made fun of for my vertical. They were like, man, you jump so high. I might almost be able to slip a piece of paper under your feet. <laughs> it's a true statement. It was. Jump. It was so fun though. Um, and here's the thing, you know, especially if you're married and let's say someone's sporty, someone's not, it's okay. Like learn to enjoy or be present in whatever the other spouse is into. Um, never touched a, a golf club. I almost said something else like not even I don't know but golf club right until he was like hey would you like to do this with me and I'm like I don't know anything about it never played I have no idea and I'm still not good at it but yet it's something I want to spend time with him on so whatever it is whatever either spouse is into learn and just be present with them it's not about how well you are you know men shopping right that's one thing like I'm not a shopper but you know if if your wife enjoys shopping learn to be present and and go enjoy the day and the food with them um, I just envisioned the elderly gentleman sitting on the bench just falling asleep, right? Yeah. Waiting on her to come out, right? Just, I, I think there's a country song about that too, but just literally sitting on the bench, falling asleep. It's like, it's quality time, right? You're there, you're being present. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we've definitely learned a lot of leadership principles over the years that apply. Mm-hmm. So now let's get into some foundation and principles that we want to live and operate by beyond those. So we've talked about communication. We've talked about spending quality time together. We've talked about alignment of values. Um, so what are some other principle-based uh, leadership qualities or principles that we've applied in our marriage? Oh, good one. I don't know if I have a really good answer for that one, but um, definitely... I think the other one, I don't think we hit on it, but really kind of essentialism, minimalism oh, for us was, yes. was was a really big one, I'd say, over the last decade. But at the end of the day, from a leadership perspective, all that means for me is simplify everything right, mm-hmm. and, and get rid of the noise, all, all the gray area. What is important? What are those foundational principles, the big rocks, yeah. right, that, that you can use as a family? It doesn't have to be a lot of them. You don't have to over complicate this mm-hmm. right um it, it doesn't have to be the declaration of the united states or a constitutional document right it could be a plan on a page it's just like <laughs> here's who we are as a family right we we have it right now it's mm-hmm. on our we have a board that you put it yeah, on it's a, chalk like board. a chalkboard yeah, yeah. and it, it's it's on one one visual thing mm-hmm. right so keep it simple yes i i agree i want to tap into that for a minute you know essentialism and it is a book by Greg McKeon. I've talked about it before, but we've read it separately. And then we talk about these things. And, you, you know, we may be a nerdy couple, but we can't help it. We we like to grow and learn and, and get better. And we talk about how it applies professionally and whatever it is that we're going through. We talk about applying it in our family. But essentialism, you know, the disciplined pursuit of less, <laughs> it really changed everything about our relationship and about, um, and we'll talk about this in episode, you know, the next episode about leading family and how it applies there. But I think for us, us in marriage, man, it simplified a lot of pressure. It got rid of a lot of pressure, you know, in marriages, you can't help to start out and in comparing yourself 
in your spouse and your marriage and how you interact to other people. You know, you see somebody else being lovey-dovey and you're like, oh, I want that. You see somebody else taking amazing vacations as a couple and you're like, oh, I want that. You know, and we, we've got to stop that because comparison really is the thief of joy. And essentialism just kind of get rid, it gets rid of all the noise. And so we're like, okay, at the end of the day, we love Jesus. We knew, we know we need to grow individually in our faith, in our walk with Jesus. And as you are growing individually, we can't help but grow together because we're both, you know, becoming more like Jesus and it serves our marriage so much better in that regard. And so whenever you remove the distraction of everything else that you think that you have to be in your marriage or in your family, it removes it and helps create clarity, I think. And, yeah. And a lot less frustration. All right. So we've been talking about applying leadership principles in marriage and you and I have actually made a list of lessons that we've learned for every year of marriage. So we have a list of 22. We're currently talking about what lesson from year number 23 is. Yeah. He's holding it. And don't worry, I will post this on social media. I think this is something you want to read, but literally one lesson from marriage every single year. So out of the list of currently 22, is there anything that pops out at you as uh, as one of your favorites? So number 14 um, on romance, embrace the season you were in, mm. right? So we talked about that on the previous podcast. You're going to have d- different seasons, right? So um, you, from a romance perspective, you just got to understand where you are in the seasons and some are more passionate than others. I don't know how else you say that, but it's when you got <laughs> yeah. when you got little running around the house, mm-hmm. um, spontaneity and other things might yeah. not uh, yeah be be there. So you might need to go to the bathroom to sneak a kiss or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking. Well, I would I like number eleven because this has definitely played well in our marriage. You know, life is too stressful to not have a good sense of humor. So number eleven is humor. Be willing to laugh at one another with each other because let's face it, the opportunities are endless. And I would say for our marriage, that is so true. Plenty of opportunity to laugh and don't take yourself so seriously, right? Don't be so proud and so full of pride that you can't just laugh at yourself um, and and laugh. Isn't that, isn't that your phrase? They, they, we won't stay married much longer or something like that if you lose your sense of humor? Yeah, I've told him if I ever lose my sense of humor, we might be dead. <laughs> Because again, sarcasm is his love language. So um, I will share the list of 22. And maybe if we hammer it out, we're still talking about what lesson learned from year number 23 of marriage is, but I'll post it on social media and maybe even link it in the show notes so you can test that. And I also wanted to let you know that I'm going to put some pictures. If you watch this uh, podcast episode on YouTube, I'm going to throw up some pictures, some good old retro pictures of us and our youth. And there's even a picture of us from the yearbook where we're not even dating yet, and yet we were voted the most cooperative. I believe that was the phrase. Both phrasing. of us, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so funny, man. All right. All right. So this is going to be our last topic for marriage, and we got to talk about it because a lot of people fight about it and get divorced over it. Let's talk about money. <laughs> Leadership principles about money. Um, I will tell you this. Back in, I don't know, early 2000s, Jason was taking a flight and on a whim, you bought a book. What book did you buy? Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. I I think it was like my first work, like true work related. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to go on a flight. And this is pre uh, smartphones, right? So I I just went to walk into the local Barnes and Noble. 
I'm always kind of interested in finance. So I walked down the aisle and mm-hmm. was led, I'll say led to that book for us and picked it up, read it on the flight and came back and was like, oh my goodness, Bethany, you need to read this book. You, we, there's some things we need to be doing that we're not doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and whenever somebody gives you that suggestion, you know, uh, I used to, God, God love her, but my grandma used to give me a lot of self-help books. And I'd be like, oh, thank you, grandma. And grandma, if you ever listen to this, I love you. And I am so thankful for how you tried to grow me. Um, but you've got to not be offended when somebody's like, I really learned something and I think it's amazing and I want to share it with you. You know, don't cast judgment. Don't tell yourself a story that they think something's wrong with you. You know, like what? You don't think I'm handling our money well? You, know, you got to stop all the, that storytelling. Um, but I read the book and I was like, yes, I want peace, like P-A, you know, P-E-A-C-E. Sorry, I almost spelled that wrong. (laughs) I want the peace, um, that, you know, he's talking about. And so together we came together and we're like, let's look at our finances and get not only in the same book, but on the same page of what we want for our life. And, you know, getting on that same page in our finances has changed the trajectory of our marriage whenever it comes to finances. Like we never fight about money ever, ever, ever. It's just not even an issue because we are partners in that. Um, So what are some big lessons that you've learned from financial peace? um, There's so many of them, but number one, you you have to have a budget. Like it sounds so fundamental, um, but you've got to count your dollars and make sure they're, they're, they're going to the right place. Right. And if you don't, budget, then you really don't know what you're doing with mm-hmm. your money. Right. And so to me, that, that was a, a big one. And then we, we talk in our family a lot about being intentional and, and you have to be intentional with your finances, with, you know, how you look at money, right? How, how do you biblically look at money and treat it? And that was a big principle that came out of the financial piece for us, right? How are we honoring God with our money, mm-hmm. right? Are we giving him the first of, of, of that? And if not, <laughs> why, right? Yeah. Check your heart. Um, and then develop a budget from there. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it's felt um, empowering, enlightening. That I just, it's so much of a weight lifted off your shoulder mm-hmm. uh, once you do kind of give that part of your life to God. And it's like, here, I, this is yours. Yeah. It was yours to begin with. Um, help me just be a great steward, steward of that and, and of our family, right? And back to, you know, teaching our kids, right? It's, that's setting another big rock for mm-hmm. them in the future of here's how you can be financially um, stable, peace, at peace with your buddy, yeah. P-A-C, I don't know how you would go spell it, right? but whatever that was. Uh, but but it's a big one for us as a family, uh, foundational principle that, mm-hmm. that we built our, our family foundations is what we call mm-hmm. our document, right? The family foundations, one of our key principles. Man. Absolutely. So, you know, as we kind of close out this episode of marriage, again, what I hope that you're hearing is we're not the perfect couple. Lord knows we've had our seasons, our ups and downs. Um, but I think that we have a great marriage. And you know, I think a lot of that is because we have taken just universal truth, starting with a relationship with Jesus, but then applying principles from leadership and applying it in our marriage. Um, you know, we have developed such a great marriage that is able to grow us as individuals, but as a couple together as a partner partnership. So I want you to kind of wrap up. What are some key takeaways that you would say, Hey, here are some leadership principles that you can practice and grow in your marriage. So what, what would you say? Um, well, let's start with first, just enjoy it. 
enjoy your spouse, enjoy the ride. Um, cause you're together for quite some time, probably. Right. Um, we are 24 yeah. years in, into marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just have some fun with it. Enjoy it. Right. You, if you don't enjoy each other, it's going to be a long, long, miserable ride. Um, yeah. but have some fun with it. it mm-hmm. The other part, if hopefully you heard that throughout is, is be intentional. Um, it's not, this is not a cakewalk, right? Marriage is work. Now you you got to get up every day and, and, you know, love your spouse and be intentional with what you want. Um, the other piece, we got this early in, in advice early in marriage, right? Is, is be committed, right? I, I know we, we signed up early on for the covenant marriage that they did back yeah. in Arkansas. Yeah. Um, a long time ago, like mm-hmm. Huckabee or I don't remember, but a lot I, of governors. Law, law, yeah. Yeah. But be committed, right? This is, uh, we're going to have our ups and downs, but we're in it together and mm-hmm. just ride, ride through it. So for me, those, those are some really big ones. And then get in the same book, <laughs> be in the same book. I, I, the page thing, figure itself out. Yeah. Oh man. Such good advice. I am so excited you're here and guys, this is only the first of a two part episode. So today we talked about marriage and I just thank you, Jason, so much for being here. And next, uh, the next episode we're, we're going to have Jason back. We're going to talk about family and parenting. So see if y'all invite him back again. See, <laughs> see how this one goes. Oh man. All right. So uh, one last question. I ask everybody this, what is one poor decision you would warn our leaders to avoid in their marriage? Oh, um, all about communication. Mm. Don't make assumptions around communication. So you, you hit on the, the five love languages, mm-hmm. know your spouse's uh, communication yeah. style, what they, what, how they like to be appreciated. To me, that's that's number one. You got to have good communication mm-hmm. with your spouse. I agree. And for me, um, just an add on to that is don't tell yourself a story. You know, like if Jason's like, you know, there's no popcorn. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm not a good enough wife to go out and get all your stuff from the grocery store. And when he's like, no, there's just no popcorn. <laughs> you know, I built the whole story in my head. So don't tell yourself stories. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, thank you again for being here. And we'll talk to you again about uh, parenting. So guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from James chapter one, verses two through four from the message. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You can do outtakes. I don't know how you do all your other interviews. I'm gonna have plenty. I love you. That start over. You and I have actually made a list of lessons that we've learned for every year we've been married. A long list. Yeah. Right. Long list. All right, well, okay. All right, ready? Oh, I thought we were going. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. You were recording, so yeah. I was like, "All right." <clears throat> I'm just gonna start with "Welcome Back." Well, I got that song in my head. Welcome back. Yeah, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, all is right. that it? Yeah. Glad you're here to always finish my <laughs> jokes and puns because I can't remember that song. Like, what's the name of that song? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. another dynamic. That's maybe lesson learned from your 23. Yeah.